Listener Production. Wall Street hits new record highs with the S&P 500 breaching the 5,000 mark for the first time ever. And the Aussie share market expected to open the week flat as investors await the JB Hi-Fi's earnings test. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Monday the 12th of February. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, it's been thereabouts. It's been nosing that level. It's been loitering with intent, but finally on Friday, it was a quite conclusive effort on the part of the S&P 500 to breach the 5,000 mark for the first time ever. And not to forget the NASDAQ composite, it briefly traded above 16,000 points. Uh, the S&P 500 only up by 0.6% at the end of the day. The NASDAQ up 1.3%. The Dow Jones ended down by 0.1%. In weekly terms, we had the Dow Jones again just ever so slightly in negative territory. The S&P 500 up by about 1.4% and the NASDAQ up one8 Well, the advance in the S&P 500, Tom, is breathtaking. And if you look at another measure, we have seen gains for 14 out of 15 weeks for the S&P 500. That's the most since 1972. I wasn't even born there. (laughs) Well, uh, I knew you'd take that opportunity to mention how young you are, Ryan. When you see those types of statistics, it's important to unpack them and understand why this has happened. So we've, to date, in this US reporting season, seen 80% of the companies that have thus far reported in the S&P 500 have bettered expectations. So that is important, and that's above the type of average that you tend to see in a, a reporting season. We've had a discussion around the possibility of interest rates being cut in the quarters ahead. That is fertile ground for a supportive stock environment. I think it's worth pointing out, though, that the market breadth has narrowed recently. So for 2023, 24% of the gain in the S&P 500 was primarily driven by the Magnificent Seven. And what we did see was an improvement in that breadth towards the end of last year. But again, this year, nearly 60% of the S&P 500's gain is attributable to the Magnificent Seven. So that's just something to be mindful of. Uh, we are simpatico in our thinking because I was just looking at the Russell 2000 and that is a reflection of how the smaller part of the US stock universe has performed. Uh, it was up 1.5% on Friday, so that's a solid effort. Uh, but near to date terms, that index is still down by 0.7% and it is almost 20% away from its most recent record high. So uh, very much to your point, Ryan, uh, this is a tide that's not lifting all boats uh, at this stage. And I suppose, you know, the the smaller caps are the latter organizations to get on the on the bullish train. But, you know, when you see the Russell 2000 hitting a, a new record high, you know that you are looking at a different landscape. Indeed. And, and the narrow group of stocks which are powering the market could make it more vulnerable to swift declines if earnings disappoint going forward or other issues hit the bigger stocks. So what we're seeing at the moment is the focus on rate cuts, but of course, the further down the track that those rate cuts happen, then the smaller cap stocks could be under some pressure. Yeah. And that really is the uh, overarching risk as we uh, muddle our way through the first weeks of this year. And we've already seen evidence of 
you know, that horizon for rate cuts being pushed out. It's just a question of whether or not that continues. Uh, worth pointing out that the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index hit a closing record high on Friday as well, with that index up by about 2%, and that just reflects the orientation of um, this move to, towards the tech side of things in case you need reminding. We saw NVIDIA gain 3.6% and it hit a record high. After Reuters reported it was building a new business unit focused on designing bespoke chips for cloud computing firms, including advanced AI processors. So that euphoria continues and that's lifting those chips and mega cap stocks at the moment. It wasn't just the tech names that were doing well, the energy and consumer staples stocks doing quite well. They've been noted uh, participants in this move higher. In year to date terms, you've got like Eli Lilly up by about 27%, Ralph Lauren up by 22%, Disney up 20%, Amex up 13%, Salesforce up 10%, Procter & Gamble, Walmart and Caterpillar all up by about 7%. One thing we did also see was Pepsi down 3.6% after its fourth quarter revenue fell short of market expectations as multiple price increases crimped demand for its juices and Lay's chips. <laughs> you don't see so much of the Lay's chips these days, do you? They're no. kind of um, elbowed out by you. Prefer the old Smiths in Australia, Smiths, don't we? Yes, there's a lot of exotic names coming into the space as well. Uh, PayPal really had copped a dunking. Uh, it was down by about 11%, had a little bit of a rebound in the Friday session, up by about 5%. We also saw Expedia down 17.8% after fourth quarter bookings disappointed Wall Street. So broadly, there were some mixed outcomes, but overall, earnings has started well as far as the reporting season is concerned, and we still have some way to go there. Indeed. So the picture locally, the futures are telling us that the ASX 200 will get off to a flat start. As we look out to the week and what will be the key catalysts, uh, we have got some inflation figures out of the United States, but in local terms, Ryan, on Thursday, we'll be looking forward to some unemployment figures. Uh, this will be quite important at a time where I suppose Michelle Bullock has laid out um, a, a broader picture, but the finessing of the detail is probably still a little bit absent as to what the next move might be on rates. Well, that's right. And the Commonwealth Bank economists are expecting 40,000 jobs to be added in January, but the unemployment rate to tick up to 4% with a very strong participation rate as we begin the year. But the other thing to note, Tom, is we've got a lot of earnings starting to yeah. be released in Australia this week. We've got JB Hi-Fi set to release earnings today, CSL tomorrow, and then the big boppers, Commonwealth Bank and AMP on Wednesday, Origin Energy and Telstra on Thursday. So the picture as it relates to the consumer, uh, always valued, and JB Hi-Fi's numbers today will certainly be providing some valuable colour in that regard. Well, that's right, Tom. The expectation before the reporting season is we'd see the impact of those higher interest rates and cost of living pressures weigh on consumers and therefore retailers. But what we have seen so far is luxury marketplace satire. That rallied 25% after revealing an 89% jump in sales on Wednesday. Nick Scarley's shares were up 16% after the furniture retailer reported growth in its order book and improved foot traffic. And then we saw Meyer jumped 14% after the department store giant flagged above market sales. So surprises already on the retail front. What we're looking for today from JB Hi-Fi is sales of around $4.34 billion in the second half. And of course, uh, net income estimates in the first half of $249 million. So 
their commentary today will be incredibly important for the market. It'll be interesting to see how even you know a small beat might be perceived by the market. That will actually be quite valuable in terms of understanding where the psychology of uh, in- investor thinking is as it relates to retailers particularly. Absolutely. The other thing to know as well was we get a trading update from ANZ today. And that is not really going to be a focus as far as earnings are concerned, but it typically provides its CET1 ratio, lending flows, and its bad debt charges. So there won't be a direct update on profitability, but it's something to look out for too. Just quickly on the commodity front, oil prices are firmer. We had the price of NYMEX Light Sweet Crude Oil up by around three quarters of a cent on Friday to $76.84. So uh, over the course of last week, uh, we had a bit of an improvement. But reflecting on the week, oil um, still a bull of the gate, up by about 6%. So that's um, been supportive for the energy stocks. It has indeed, and we saw gold futures down by 0.4% to 2038.70 US dollars an ounce, and iron ore futures fell 0.2% to 128.75 US dollars a tonne ahead of the New Year holiday in China, which lasts this entire week. The Aussie dollar trading at 65.2 US cents, so it seems to be making a home for itself at the moment above uh, 65, which has been a struggle point recently, and uh, the employment numbers later on this week will be critical as to whether or not it can sustain that. Thank you very much for tuning in this morning. Have a great day. We look forward to your company over the course of the week. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.